You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Chester. With me for the third time this week is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Uh, so many times, so many podcasts. Yeah. Too much, too much. I'm, uh, I'm sitting here in my father-in-law's office. Uh, they, they refer to it in this family as the man cave, but I refuse to use that term. How many TVs uh, are in there? Except with disgust, just one. But it's yeah. a nice TV. It's, it's like a curved, you know, flat screen TV. Yeah, I'm anyway, not into so those it, new curved TVs. Yeah, the whole thing is like you know. Obsessed, it can't be your man cave if you do work in there also. Well, I do work in here. What about if you're no, working No, but like if, he, if it's his office and he does work in there, it can't be a man I don't cave. Think, I don't think he's doing work like, you know, he's a doctor, so I don't think he's seeing patients in here. It's just, does, it's does, he have a, does he have a doctor's office in his house? No. Or does he do paperwork? Yeah. Uh, we're getting off topic here, but I was just I was looking Wait, But he is an OBGYN, right? So of like depending yes. on what he's doing there, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's a lot of there's mostly Michigan stuff here, but there's a lot of Red Wing stuff, Piston stuff. There, mm-hmm. are, I'm staring at a, at a wall right now with nine Pistons bobbleheads lined up. Mm. Uh, why don't we play a game? Bi- do you have Bison Daily? If you can guess, I'm not going to count that as a guess. If you can guess <laughs> the nine, yeah. let's say with uh, with three strikeouts, yeah, I will give you one million dollars cash. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, it will have to be on an installment plan, but I, I will I will give you with our listeners as witnesses because one of these is ungettable in any world. But you got a million dollars on the line. It's one of your guess. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's it called? First of all, what's the installment plan? I will give you $100,000 within the next year. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, number one, Rip Hamilton. No, strike one. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Rashid and Be- Rashid and Ben Wallace. Okay, and this is how nice I am. Rashid Wallace is is one, and Ben Wallace is three of them. So you actually got four out of nine right oh there. Oh my God! Are there any more double dippers? There's three Ben Wallaces. No, no more double dippers. Can you answer if there are throwbacks or are they all active, like when they were playing? They've all been, and I'm going to give more hints here. They've are all they been play, play- Did they play in the bobblehead era? Is what I'm saying. They've all been players or coaches in our lifetimes. Okay, Isaiah Thomas. No, strike two. Oh, so then it's not – it's probably all active. You sort of thrown me off there. No, because – no, I was not – I did not throw Did I say Chauncey Billups yet? No, strike three. And it's every other starter from like the two championship teams, so you missed. It's, uh, it's Tayshaun Prince, Bill Lambier, Joe Dumars, Chuck Daly. But the reason I was confident you would never get, get, never get it is because the final one is Carlos Delfino. <laughs> uh, I would never have guessed Carlos Delfino. 
yeah, there was. I figured, like, even if he cheats and Google's like a list of all Pistons bobbleheads, which giveaways, I did. I am on eBay right now. Okay. I made us a million dollars. Yeah, I, I still knew it was safe because, uh, you know, Carlos Delfino, that's ungettable. That's a good receiver. Well, I mean, how sad fan. must it have been? Is he a Lions fan? Yeah, but the thing is, like, because the the Michigan football team takes precedence. So there is of- one Carlos Delfino bobblehead on uh, on eBay, by the way. So if if it if it came up in search, I might I would have guessed it. Ball in front of his chest like a chess pass. Yeah, he's passing a chess pass. All right, so it's the same one. Yeah, you can uh, buy it for thirty eight seventy eight right now. Oh, so maybe I should steal this one and sell it. I don't think he would uh, notice or care. No, uh, all right, yeah. So let's let's move on. So we had a couple of podcasts this week, very very un football related. I know we got we, some uh, complaints. We were... Like, isn't it Super Bowl week? We're like, yeah, but we hate yeah. both teams in it. Yeah, we are. We are a football <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we discussed a lot of TV. By the way, the Riverdale podcast, I don't know, I'm sure you didn't listen to it because you don't listen to our podcast. But afterwards, I sort of chimed in with, with editors' takes. Because I mentioned on the podcast that Riverdale spoof trailer from Funny or Die from six years ago. Uh-huh. But, and you had, you, at the, when we recorded the podcast, you hadn't seen it. But you've seen it since then because I emailed it to you, right? Oh, no, I didn't watch that. Oh. Well, <laughs> how? Go watch it because it'll blow your mind. It is, it is an exact identical prediction of the show. I mean, literally, Betty and Veronica are making out in it. It's exactly the same in every way. And it's funnier die, so it's a parody? Okay. It was a parody pretending that they were going to make a dramatic movie called Riverdale based on the Archie story. Mm-hmm. Except that people are getting killed and there's jealousy. The only difference is that in the, movie, in the spoof movie trailer, Jughead is gay. That's his sort of closet issue, whereas the TV show has, has put that on Moose. Okay. But – um. It's, okay, I'm, okay. I'm just shocked that that, mo- that that video hasn't gotten more traction in the last couple of All right, so now weeks. even during our Super Bowl preview podcast, we're talking about Riverdale. Yeah. All right, so let's – And by the way, we did two TV podcasts. Keep in mind, they're two shows that nobody watched. Yeah. Okay, so let's let, – can we talk about shows that people do watch for a second? No. No, this is a Super Bowl podcast next week. No, we'll, we'll, get, to, we'll get to the Super Bowl we're next We're absolutely time. not talking about more TV shows. We have no, Super Bowl I, stuff to discuss. If I you want to put it at the end – if you want to put it at the end, we can talk about it at the end if it's not Fine, going I'll, too long. I'll let it put it at the end, but I want to talk about it now. No, no, no. Like... We're not talking about it now because I don't care. I, I have... This well, is a, No, and it's really late for me, so this is actually unfair of you. No. What are you, unfair? First of all, I just want to say our listeners, when we did our top TV shows of the year, there was a show that was very close to the top of our listener list that neither one of us had seen. That's Stranger Things, right? What, what, who cares? Why are you telling me of this? I'm, Let's I'm talk just about the Super Bowl. A the Super Bowl listeners... LI, baby. A number of listeners emailed, said to me, you really have to watch Stranger Things. And I watched the whole season one of Stranger Things. And I just want to say thank you to those listeners. I'm just asking, have you seen it or no? No, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not interested. Okay. Well, I I think you should watch it. It's totally not up my alley in terms of everything about it. And yet I still really enjoyed it, which, you know. Fascinating. Wow. The biggest credit you can give. It's like Game of Thrones. Um, I'm trying to annoy you now. Are you watching Young Pope? No, I'm not. No, of course not. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so absurd. It's amazing because it's so absurd, by the way. Last question. Can we talk about the Americans for a second? No, nobody watches that show. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm not – I don't want to talk about the Americans. I want to talk about sort of a broader problem, which nope. is people – you do this. You always say that you don't watch – and you mentioned this on one of our podcasts this week. You don't like to watch the first season of a show. You wait till after the season's over. Correct. Then you base the reviews and then you watch it later. Yes, yes. The problem with watching shows after the fact is I'm experiencing now with the Americans – I mean, mm-hmm. I just finished season two, I'm, I'm, and now we started season three. Is that because the rest of the world is like two seasons ahead of me? I know, and because like I watched the Emmys and I see that they're both nominated, I know that there is a zero percent chance that either one of the main two characters is ever going to die or be taken off the show for any reason. And because it's a show where the whole drama every episode is: are they going to get caught? Are they going to get shot? 
there's like no drama for me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. It's like the reason that like, you know, The Wire and then Game of Thrones are like such a cut above every other TV show that I guess involves violence mm-hmm. is the fact those were the only two shows where they would actually kill off main characters. And I don't know whether the Americans would or could, but I know for a fact they don't because I'm stuck in 2013 right now in my watching of the show. So uh, I might have to quit the Americans for that reason. Uh, apologies to the Americans. I might have to quit this podcast if you keep talking about such boring stuff. Let's go with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl's boring this year. Fine. Let's, let's talk about Pool of Pools. You and I are in dead last place. Yes. You, by the way, you, you didn't mention me in, in your email this week. You uh, showed the standings and you said last place me, but you didn't say last place me and uh, my uh, co-host and co-owner, Alex Chester. Yeah, but nobody knows who you are. You're not even in the – you're not even in the, the – the, No one knows who I am. People were demanding their money back unless they were in the pool. Yeah, whatever. Anyway – you're, uh, we have to make our picks for pool of pools, don't we? Well, we're, we will sort of do that within the context of what we're doing next. What are we doing next? All right, so let's do every year for the last 12 years, starting with, um, I guess it was the Steelers-Seahawks Super Bowl. I have brought to whatever Super Bowl party I'm going to a list of 25 questions, and I call it the prop bet game. I come up with 25 prop bets, um, almost all of which are 50-50, or as close to 50-50 as possible. I, you know, I scour the prop websites. I find the 25 best props. Uh, and then before the game, you know, at about 6 o'clock, the game's at 6.30, I, I bring 20 pens always because no one ever has any pens. And every, you fill out your questions, and we all put in five bucks. By the way, I'm fact-checking you here. You claimed on the Seinfeld podcast last week that you had not held a pen in years. Oh, that's a good point. I, I, wrote, I, use, out, I haven't had a out, pen in my desk. Phone. Out. Out. That's I'm good. Working. Out. Both of you. Out. 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 Uh, do you want a timeout? Take your letters, take your bucket, and get out. Abba's on the phone. Jen, I'm on the phone. I'm doing work. Take them away. <laughs> Dude, work. Leave this in. Hold on. One, one second. Sorry. This is so annoying. I didn't want to have to edit this. No, leave it in. It's great. Let's take your rocking chair and let's go outside. Come on. Chester, I'm going to rank Chester's parenting on a 1 to 10 scale here. Threaten to timeout very quickly for no reason. It's like a 2. Also, he's lying to his kids. It shows that he's going to lie because he told them he's doing work when he's really doing a podcast. He probably lied to his wife, too. She probably also, like, she'd kill him if she understood the podcast. the most insane thing I've ever seen? Yeah, sure. This door that I'm, like, I'm working in an office. Yeah. There's a lock on the door on the outside of the door. Yeah. You can lock somebody in the office. Yeah, the lock on my office isn't great either. No, but why would it be on the wrong side of the door? That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. I'm not bothered by this. It is, and I don't know what's going on in there with the OBGYN stuff, so who knows. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Last time I was here on the Seinfeld podcast, you guys were up to the raincoats, I think, because I told you about the crazy coincidence in that they had left their, they had, had their neighbor from across the street come in to get something from their house. She went through the garage. She left the garage door open. Stuff got stolen out of the garage, which was like literally the exact same thing that happens to Jack Klompas and Morty Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. So I'm here again. And next week is the money. We got, we're got. we going back to Florida also for the uh, for the Cadillac. Yeah. Sorry. So you were saying, you were telling everybody about how uh, you're the cool guy at the party who brings 25 pieces yes. of paper and gives everybody homework. That's true. Although yeah. last year was the first time I, I made the game, but I didn't bring it because the fellow who invited me last year, very nice guy, but he was in uh, Gamblers Anonymous. So I, I thought it would be inappropriate to bring it to the party, so I did not bring oh, actually- it. actually – Yes, that's funny. Yeah, so we I, we didn't think it was appropriate to gamble around him. I don't think he would have cared. He just wouldn't have joined. But yeah, it was his house. But anyway, so it's back in a big way this year. Uh, I wouldn't say you can join mine, but if you want me to email it to you so you can bring it to your own party, 
uh, message me on my DMs are open on Twitter or whatever. Uh, I'll happily email you the sheet. Just print out a bunch. Bring to your party. It's great. Uh, by the way, people called you out for lying. You're talking about me lying about pens because I yeah. use a pen for this, even though it's the only time all year I guess I use a pen. Um, yeah. You have said before that you don't always watch the Super Bowl, but then you rank the Super Bowls two weeks ago. Someone wrote in and said, is Chester lying about his Super Bowl watching if he's bragged about not having watched them before? Well, first of all, you can Were you rank ranking Super them? Bowls that you haven't seen? Yes, for sure. Holy I mean, cow. With, oh, my God. Not, not what a hypocrite. I've said on the podcast several times that I used to fly during the Super Bowl almost every year. Oh I've told the story about how I found out the end of the Rams-Titans Super Bowl because the, the pilot was giving play-by-play. And he announced that Dyson was tackled would, at the one. Seriously? And then there was silence for like 20 seconds. The whole play started screaming. Then he got back on and said, oh, yeah, the game's over. Sorry. I'm going to do it like, like told Steve Mnookin. Okay. Nobody's, I, I'm not hiding the fact that I'm I don't actually watch this podcast with Steve Bannon. Um... The I, I think that so d- did you watch the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl that we yelled about for a half hour? Yes, from start to finish. It okay, was so, so great. at least you watched the one you were wrong about. Of course, you thought it was great. It was the only one you've ever seen. <laughs> the listeners, by the way, I think you got like one or two votes. I got like I know nobody votes. voted for me, but now that they hear that you don't even watch the Super Bowl, I mean that's offensive. I don't think I've missed. I could tell you the plays. The only times I've ever missed more than like one play of the Super Bowl is my parents made me drive home during the first quarter from my grandma's house back to my house. The first quarter of the first Bills Cowboys Super Bowl. And then I was in a teacher's room when I was abroad for the year in their house. And then like they called it a night in the Bucks Raiders game when it was 48 21. So I went back and I didn't watch the last few minutes. I just followed it on like CBS Sports. Yeah, I saw Live. that whole Super Bowl. Was yeah, the la- just the last three minutes of it. Um, that's the only that's the only three minutes I've ever really missed, and I and I was in the bathroom. I missed the uh, last op- the opening kickoff in Denver, Seattle. But that was the last three minutes are where the MVP was decided. Correct. It's like a stupid rule of Super Bowls that if a defensive player gets two interceptions in the game, he's automatically the MVP. Correct. Even if if they have no impact on the game. Right. Larry Brown, Dexter Jackson. There's a bunch of yeah. those. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so let's. I'm going to ask you the questions. Do you want this to count? You even. I'll say the listeners can't join, although if you ask nicely, maybe I'll let you join. But I, I like to keep it relatively small, so someone who's at the Super Bowl party ideally wins. Um, I, I think my friend's wife won uh, two years ago. Um, but can you – will this be your $5 entry? Will you um, Will you enter my, my prop ed? And I'll ask you, and your answers will be on the record. Fine. Oh, so I'm not competing against you. I, I'm just entering myself into your pool. Well, you're competing. No, I'm not going to answer. You're going to answer. Fine. We'll discuss fine, it, but fine, you'll answer, fine. okay? But can you write down your answers? Because I'm not writing them down. No, I also totally – no, I lost my voice. I'm not feeling well. It's like 2 in the morning uh, here. Fine. I really can't even talk. Whatever. Okay. Okay, question number one. Most of them are chronological, but I don't know why. They, the order is just – however, it, it's sort of – what I do is I, I look at the questions from last year. I try and adapt them as much as possible. Come, come in with some new ones. Keep some classics. So the first one is, will either team score in the first six minutes and 30 seconds of the game? So, oh, you're not taking these based on actual over-unders from various websites? I am. I am. Oh, Okay. So I was going to say, I'm sure that number, given the fact that this is the highest over-under in Super Bowl history at 59 and a half, right. I'm sure that number has been moved up. Like, usually it's probably the first seven and a half minutes or eight and a half minutes or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. The conventional wisdom is, oh, they're actually going to start slow. It's going to be 0-0 after the first quarter. The Falcons, I think, are on an incredible run. And our, our uh, Falcons guest, who's coming on a little bit later in the podcast, Harry, could let me could correct me. I think they've scored a touchdown on the first drive, like, 14 times in 17 games this year or something, like, really incredibly strong so i'll go ahead and say uh yes there will be a score okay question number two which team will punt first if you want to win this how many people are going to be in this little game of yours i would say about 12 not everyone who's there joins 
So, because you can't really hedge your bets. You really have to construct a narrative of how you think the game is going to go. Yeah. In, in other words, you're going to end up getting, there's 25 questions, right? You're, you're going to end up getting 20 or 5. Because if you try and hedge your bets, you'll end up with 12 and there's no chance of winning. Right. right? The winner, there's 25 questions. The winner is about usually 18 or 19. All right. So I've decided for the purposes of your pool, I'm going to construct a narrative of the Falcons winning the Super Bowl, even though uh, that may or may not be my pick. We'll, we'll announce it at the end of the podcast. So I think the Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to win the toss. They're going to drive down the field, score a touchdown in the first six and a half minutes. I think the Pats get the ball back, and they punt on their, uh, you know, maybe they get one first down, and then they punt the ball. Okay, so the Pats punt. Patriots, yeah. Now, here's my favorite question, probably the whole thing. Yeah. Will the jersey number of the player who scores the first touchdown be higher than 18? The spread is 18 and a half. Okay, so we know that Edelman is 11. Julio Jones is 11, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor Gabriel, is he a low number? Is he like 14 or something? Listen, you got to do your research. You oh, could open up the rosters. You know, the running backs are all higher than that, obviously. The other receivers, I think, probably. I will say, because I've uh, predicted the Falcons to score first, and also for uh, the purposes of, of your touchdown playoff pool i don't want julio jones to score i think it'll go to one of the running backs well any running back wins the prop for you yeah so i'll say over okay over on over on uh number higher than 18 and a half okay will there be a field goal of 45 or more yards i'll say no okay will there be a touchdown of 45 or more yards i'll say no i'm sure there's ways to look up statistically and actually find you know i'm sure Sure. it's not 50 but yeah, by the way, if you want to switch one of these after, I will. as long as you email it to me, I will allow you to switch it. Um, will there be a touchdown of less than two yards? Less than two means it has to be one or it includes two? No, no it includes finding a, recovering a fumble in the end zone. So in, so in other words, a... Rec- a one like or a zero. One or zero would be, yeah, the strip sack. But a zero is really only the defense recovering a fumble in the end zone. Correct. Correct. Or you cut the offense. Whatever, I'll say no. Okay. I mean, the Patriots are sort of the masters of the one-year touchdown with Brady and Blunt, right? Yeah. Will there be four or more sacks? Between both teams? Yes. I'm going to say no. There's two very infrequently sacked quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. Question eight. Will either team have a 16-point lead during the game? I'll say no. I'm on a no streak here. Yeah. And that's usually – I think that spread is usually – Lower, but because these are high-scoring teams that went up, I think it spreads usually like 14 and a half or 15. Yeah. Okay, this is a fun question I've never asked before. Number nine, will the total yardage of all touchdowns in the game be more than 100 and a half yards? Hmm. That's a, it's, yeah, think about that one. I mean, you, you get 150-yard touchdown, obviously, and you're pretty much there. I'm going to say no. You're going to say no. Even if we have six touchdowns scored, well, hold on. 59 and a half, 30, I guess they're predicting like eight touchdowns scored. Yeah. Eight well, touchdowns. Fifty-nine and a half is probably more like seven touchdowns, three field goals. Yeah. All right. Seven touchdowns. We're averaging fourteen yards a touchdown to get over that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one long touchdown ruins this, but I'm gonna again. I'm gonna stay consistent. I'm gonna say no. Okay. Will Guskowski score more points than Matt Bryant? He's like a half point favorite, yeah. so it's Guskowski more. Sure. I'll say yes. Okay. Will Brady throw for three hundred one or more yards? Yes, for sure. Will Ryan throw for three hundred twenty one or more yards? Ryan's got an extra 20 he's got to cover there. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, one of the things I mentioned on, I think, on the podcast a couple, couple maybe last week or something was, yeah, so this is the fourth time in history that it's the, uh, the Super Bowl features the, the number one and number two quarterbacks based on Chester quarterback ranking in the regular season that year. Does it count years before it was invented and you're retroactively doing it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the three times it's happened. It was Super Bowl 19 when Marino was one and Montana was two. 
Super Bowl one when Bart Starr was one and Len Dawson was two, mm. and Super Bowl thirteen when Roger Staubach was one and Terry Bradshaw was two. Okay, cool. Now, so you, did you go over in, or under for Ryan? Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, you know, in terms of, you know, is this Matt Ryan's... Well, let's let's take a step back here. Do you think this is Matt Ryan's, like, the high point of his career? Or do you think this is the beginning of his plateau? Both. <laughs> Where it's like, he could do something similar again, but he can never have a year this good, if that makes any sense. But is he going to... But, you know, this is the... You know, last year, he was the 23rd best quarterback in the league. He had a really down year. This year came out of nowhere. I'm not saying he's going to be number one or number two again, but do you think will he be a top five quarterback? Yeah, I think he'll be a top five, top eight quarterback uh, again, well, but probably be never five, be one or two. Eight. Okay, um, so he'll never be an MVP again. But you think that he'll? Oh, have definitely, another... he's not winning another MVP. But he's, but he's, but he's, but he's, he's taken. He's going to be better than he has been for most of his career. Yeah, his I career. think that's fair to say. I think so. Okay, and and, and so and, and then let me expa- extrapolate upon that a little bit. So, do you think that Matt Ryan will be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, it's a good question. I was thinking about this. He's a more of a numbers guy than like his numbers will probably say yes, right? Well, that's true of anybody. Who I'm going to say this: era. he he needs to win this game. This one, yeah. This is the most obvious. I mean, this goes yeah, the I mean, most look, obvious Donovan thing ever. McNabb, but... Donovan McNabb is basically disqualified from the Hall of Fame because he didn't win a Super Bowl. Right, McNabb wins that game. He's a Hall of Famer, I think. Yeah. So that that's that's not a bad point. You know, comparing this to the other three Super Bowls I just mentioned between the number one and number two quarterbacks of that season, obviously right now this is by far the worst because in those three cases, each of those other guys was a Hall of Famer. And with the exception of Bradshaw, who's very overrated, each of them is a top 25 quarterback all time. Mm -hmm. So it could be retroactively if, you know, Matt Ryan for the next five years repeats what he did in 2016, we'll look back at Brady against Ryan and, and say, oh, you know, that was as good as Bradshaw versus Staubach. But for now... You know, Matt Ryan's a guy who he's a decent quarterback. He's an above average quarterback, but he's, you know, he's a step below like Philip Rivers, for example, right. in terms of his career. So will he get more than 321 yards in this game? I'll say no, because I think the Falcons are going to have a lead. And so he's not going to have to throw as much. OK, uh, question 13. Who will have more receiving yards, Danny Amendola or Mohamed Sanu? They're identical in their over under. I think the over under was 49 and a half for each. But either way, it was at the same number. 46 I'll say Sanu. Sanu over Amendola. Okay. Uh, will Edelman have over 101 or more yards receiving? No. Okay. Will LeGarrette Blunt have 61 or more yards rushing? No. Will Brady throw a first-quarter touchdown pass? No. All right. This is my first punter one ever. Will Ryan Allen's first punt be 45 or more yards? The Falcons punter? No, Ryan Allen is the uh, Patriots punter. Oh. I think the Falcons <laughs> punter is Morstead, maybe. Shows how well I know uh, my punters. We talk about net, or we're talking about no, no, not net, gross. just punt. How long's the punt? <sighs> now I gotta look up the stats this year. Yep, looking up the stats for Ryan Allen, Pro Football Reference. Let's see what did he average this year. On the year, he averaged forty-four point seven. Oh, I see what you did there. You didn't just make this number up out of nowhere. I'm gonna say over. Okay. Yeah. No. Listen, I didn't make any of these numbers up. Uh, yeah, will Devonta yes. Freeman rush for fifty-five or more yards? Can I make a confession here? Yeah. I mix up the two Falcons running backs all the time. Uh-huh. Like they, yeah, you they told me owned, all Falcons running backs, all black jerseys look the same to you. <laughs> like they were owned by uh, Superfan Robbie in my fantasy league all year. And every time like trades would be proposed, I'd have to go look. I'm like, wait, which is which? Which is Coleman? Which is Freeman? Which is the guy? Like, because it's not – you. It, it's so weird. They don't have – usually there's a guy who's more the third down back catching balls and another guy the first two. Both of these guys do all of the above. 
So it's a very sort of like I, I know the narrative in terms of their personalities. I know Friedman's like grandfather was a president of Liberia, and I know that um, or that, excuse me, that's Tevin Coleman, and Friedman's from Miami, and he's friends with like the whole like the U crowd. Uh, so I, I know sort of their narrative differences, but on the field they're such similar players, really. So will Devonta Freeman have fifty five yards? Will you know maybe maybe he has fifty five yards receiving, and Coleman has fifty five rushing yards. I don't even know how to tell these guys apart, honestly. I should yeah. ask Harry about that. Cole, I last year I drafted Coleman in fantasy. Knowing he'd have a huge year, and then he got hurt, and like Freeman yeah. had the huge year that Coleman would have had. Yeah. All right. Will Julio Jones have ninety nine or more? You're right. I don't know right. why. Huh? I'll say yes. Yeah. Oh, Freeman so yes to Freeman, and then ninety nine or more for Julio. Yes, I'm all in on the Falcons in this game. All right. Now this is an interesting question. Will Matt Ryan have a single rush of seven or more yards? No. Matt, because he, you know, some quarterbacks frequently get negative yard rushes. Ryan's over under for the game is six and a half total yards, but also this stat is six and a half. So will yeah. he have a seven yard rush? I'll say no. Okay. Will either team score in the last three minutes and 30 seconds of the game? Yes. I would double down. If we had to do a confidence pick, I would say yes. Will Who wants to be... watch a Super Bowl with no scoring at the end of the game? Will there be six or more touchdowns scored in the game? Yes, sure. Will the Patriots score 31 or more points? This is where we start getting into the over-under. Right. I'll say no. And then will the, the Falcons score 28 or more points? I guess I'm saying yes. Okay. And then which team will win the game? Question 25. Well, I think I've answered that already. Falcons. Yeah. So now for our pool of pools, just quickly, what should we do there? You want to do Falcons? Do we, do we want to just get out of last place, or does that not really have much value? Well, we're, we're at 12. Who has, does, how many people have 13? I think Robbie has 13. Super fan? Yeah. And does anybody have 14? I'm not sure. We could check. But there's not really any – it's not a big difference between having one point or two points or – Maybe It might be in the grand scheme of things. I'm just saying, like, it's not like there's a penalty for finishing last. Yeah. New England's favored by three and a half. I think we should take the points. Okay. So Patriots to win, Falcons to cover, and yeah. under. Let's hedge our bets. And the under? Yeah. I'm okay, fine with all that. All I don't right. have strong opinions. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this game? Yeah, well, first of all, we're going to bring our guests on in a second. Yeah, before that. We got Mike Clark to discuss the Patriots, of course. We got Legend. Harry Schaefer, a new one, to discuss the Falcons. Uh, can we complain about Bill Simmons some more? Yeah, to complain all you want. Yeah, so, look, I, you know, I'm famously a Bill Simmons completist. I've, I've yeah. read everything. You were. You're retired from being a completist. You, didn't, yeah. you, you haven't read the last couple of things. You, you have to. It's, so, it's unreadable at this point. It's unlistenable, it's unreadable, it's unwatchable. I hate to say it, but, you know. Uh, I did read, I mean, that's, I have gone back, I haven't read it at the time, but I've gone back a couple weeks later to read them to sort of give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. And he has underwhelmed. He, he, has, he has convinced me that I should not have wasted my time. Right. Yeah, I just but, think he's not edgy anymore. Like, you know, Barstool Sports had a show this week, and I'm, I'm like, I like part of my take, so I checked it out. And, like, the main guy, the CEO of the company, is wearing, like, a Goodell Loves ISIS shirt on TV. <laughs> and that's like the type of thing that Simmons should be doing. Like the guy's freaking on Comedy Central wearing a Goodell Loves ISIS shirt. You know, <laughs> like Bill Simmons is like he's 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 eating Bill Simmons lunch. Yeah, that's what Simmons should have worn. Simmons instead of like wearing whatever stupid stuff he wore on any given Wednesday, if he was wearing that, the show would still be on. <laughs> Maybe. I, I did you read his Patriots mailbag column? No, because it was just Patriots. Is there anything yeah. in there I missed? And it was the first mailbag yeah. of his I'm sure I ever didn't read, but... Well, he's basically... He's become, like, a Trump supporter, but about the Patriots. Right. And, like, that's been true for a long time. Like, his, you know, his whole obsession with Deflategate. But, like... 
Oh, no, by the way, just to let you know, that's every single Patriots fan. He's like, he's a moderate in that in that regard. Okay, but let me read you a quote here, okay? Mm-hmm. Belichick's finest coaching moment is when he studied the chaos on Seattle sideline, pocketed his timeouts, rolled the dice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jedi mind tricks Pete Carroll into throwing the wrong slant against the wrong defense. That's insane. And he didn't even say that the day afterwards. The day after the Super Bowl, Simmons was trying to defend Belichick by saying, you know, he's 64 years old. I remember his podcast the day after (laughs) the Super Bowl. No, you're right. Then towards the end of that same podcast, he started talking himself into, you know what? Maybe with all the chaos going on, maybe Belichick did it on purpose. Now it's become just established fact that (laughs) this was the greatest. No, it's an amazing point. If you want to argue that Belichick's mistake wasn't as big as we think, for you know, I, you're wrong, but you try and make that argument. Right. But to argue, right. it would be no, like it would be like if someone tried to insist, like uh, you know, Trump leaked the uh, Billy Bush video himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, but th- this is Trumpish because, in the sense, you know, like, like the you know, like the Holocaust memorial uh, statement that didn't include Jews. Right. You know, they they double, triple, quadruple down. Like, no, no, that's what we meant to do. Like, right. that's the better. Can't thing say, oops, I made a mistake. Can't say it. Yeah. Um. But again. If you don't want to say, fine, but you can't call it the finest moment of his career. Yeah, that's bananas. That would, that's that would insane. be like Trump saying, insane. like, my statement that did not mention Jews on the Holocaust is the most pro-Jewish thing I've ever I mean, it's By the way, everyone knew that you were going to bring up the Holocaust during the Super Bowl preview, so <laughs> no one is surprised. But keep yeah. yeah, no, but I'm just saying, like, like Bill Simmons, when he talks to the Patriots, this is the definition of the big lie. He's mm-hmm. taking something in reverse. So Bill Simmons is unreadable. I'd rather Donald Trump be my president than Bill Simmons. How but but he did something far worse than <laughs> far worse than uh, any of his uh, Belichick stuff. Yeah, which is the best podcast of the year where they go over ridiculous props yeah. and cousin Sal makes his famous Gary Russell or whoever predictions. They brought yeah, on the, the execrable Mike Lombardi. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Lombardi ruined that podcast. Yeah, I, sure. I I tweeted uh, some sports writer wrote like uh, Lombardi's joining Bringer. And I said, and I'm really, I rarely do, like, other than at Manish Mehta, the Jets' deplorable beat writer, I um, I rarely, uh, like, just, like, flame people or try, like, I've never been blocked, I, I you know. Um, but I said, like, uh, you know, uh, Lombardi's a waste of space, everyone I know hates him, too. And some guy, like, tagged Lombardi and was like, you must be a fantasy football fan, because I, I raise the volume when Mike Lombardi comes on the podcast. <laughs> so, like, clearly it was Mike Lombardi's son as, like, an egg person. But I didn't want to. I would have gotten into it with him, but not. But I didn't because, like, yeah. once you once he added Lombardi, like I, I didn't want to criticize the guy to the face. I'm a coward, you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did criticize Lombardi once on Twitter, but in a more, much more benign way. No, like he can't pronounce names at all. Like he doesn't. No, but he responded to me actually. Oh, he did. Yeah, he responded to me and he said something like, "Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I guess I hate the Vikings, right?" And which wasn't even what I was saying. He had said something wrong about the Vikings, but I wasn't being, like, homerish about it. Right. I don't remember what it was anymore. Right. Like, he called Beyonce the wrong name and then, like, said, oh, yeah, I always call her that. What do you call her? Bianc? No, like Bernard or something. <laughs> Not as a joke. <laughs> no, he's just an idiot. <laughs> it's harsh, but uh, it's hard to uh, – I mean, no, he's to... probably very smart. He's just inarticulate and he's in an audio medium. Yeah, well, yeah, that's – Anyway, that's, Mike, that's... if you're listening, come on the podcast. <laughs> we love you. Yeah, we love you. No, we don't want him on the podcast. I, you don't, if if Lombardi wanted to come on and argue with us and claim that he was good, you wouldn't have him on? Okay, of course I would. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, we'd have any of those. Is, is there anybody so distasteful? Would you have Mamish Mehta on, whatever his name is? I'd have Mamish Mehta on, like, to, but I'd ask him basic questions about football, like how many yards <laughs> do you need for a first day? 
I'm a dad's again. Yeah, like I, I used to argue. I remember when I was in elementary school, I used to argue all the time with some kid in my class about whether or not there was a fifth down, because he would say after fourth down, like when we're playing it during recess, if it was an incomplete pass, he'd say, "All right, fifth down," and I'd always argue with him. I'm like, "There is no fifth down." He's like, "I know, but if fourth down fails, that means it's fifth down, and when it's fifth down, the other team gets the ball." And I'm like, "But it's not. It's first down for the other team." Was this like, like a special needs school? I just remember being so frustrated by this kid who insisted that the, that you for a moment in time it was called fifth down prior to transferring to the other team. Wow. Yeah. So I had challenge. But uh, look, I, this is the same. I used to call Shaquille O'Neal Shaquille O'Neal. So you know, that probably. No, I shouldn't have made the special needs joke. I feel bad. <laughs> Take that <laughs> because of me. You're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's fifth down. Yeah, Michael Barty. Yeah, all right, so we're running out of stuff to say about this boring Super Bowl. Also, so, Lombardi's even crazier than Simmons because like. If you mention any, like, if we went, like, pick by pick with him when he was GM of the Browns, it's always someone else's fault. He's like, oh, you know, that, that guy was there after me. Or, like, yeah, that didn't, like, in his mind, he was, like, the GM of the year when he was the Browns GM, and they went, like, 2-14. and 14. Yeah, but also, it's, he's so incredibly just overly, you know, praiseworthy of the people who he loves and yeah. critical no matter what. Right, hates the Giants, life. hates the Eagles, which is which. By the way, if you read between the lines, like that means that the Patriots hate the Giants and the Eagles, and he just will repeat anything that that Belichick or whoever told yeah. him. And also, like if he was so great, he'd still work there. Like they were either like they got him for cheap, you know, because he was getting paid or whatever, or they realized he sucked and they got rid of him. Like if yeah. he was some great mind, he'd still be yeah. there. Like what's Belichick's buddy's name? You know, the famous one who's like the shady behind the scenes yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he'd be like that, Ernie yeah, Adams, Ernie Adams. Yeah, yeah. Like, he'd be the Ernie Adams, but he sucks, so he's like the Burt Adams. Yeah. All right. Why don't we bring on our guests? Okay, Akiva. So let's bring our guests in to discuss this game now. Back for more abuse, representing the Patriots, of course. And la- as of election night, it was Donald Trump, but given the latest polls, I- I'm sure that he's uh, on the other side of that now, of course, is Mike Clark. Mike, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> and a uh, new podcast guest. I think that he helped us with our mock draft last April, but he wasn't actually on the pod. Is our Falcons fan, Harry Schaefer. So, Harry, how's it going? Good. Great to be here. you got to be uh, kind to me. It's my first podcast. All right. So, Harry, we'll start with you. I don't know how old you are, but um, tell me uh, your memories of the 1998 Super Bowl, the uh, last <laughs> and only time the Falcons were in the Super Bowl. I didn't think you'd bring that up. <laughs> um, I'm in my mid-40s, so I was... Okay. So I remember it well. Yeah. I um. I didn't think I thought the uh, Falcons were a shallow, were a pretty, pretty paper fourteen and two compared to the record now and how much better this team is. Yeah. But it was kind of, I think part of the their problem was I think they looked at they were so surprised to win the championship that they didn't really focus on the Super Bowl as much. Yeah. Well, Eugene Robinson didn't focus on the Super Bowl the night before. That's for sure. <laughs> you can't disparage the man of the year. <laughs> that's true so I guess my question was so going into that Super Bowl you did not really expect them to win I mean you were hopeful obviously but you, you didn't have a lot of expectations right I didn't I mean Chris Chandler was a mid-level quarterback he wasn't anything a leader or anything and um, I never really cared for Jamal Anderson but I rooted for him while he was on the team and they, they had a f- are you going to claim you didn't do any dirty birds that year Oh, I did plenty of Dirty Birds oh okay <laughs> OJ, I liked OJ Santiago and I liked the, re- the receivers were all Kind of yeah, workmanlike, I guess, if you consider compare him to uh, like the receive the Patriots receivers from a few years ago. They just had a bunch of playmaker okay, roles. So compare, so compare your feelings going into that Super Bowl to how you're feeling coming into this one. So you're more hopeful and confident this time. 
Yeah, I'm definitely more hopeful and confident this time. I mean, this this team is a lot. This team's even a lot better than the one that lost to the 49ers a few years ago in the championship. In the past, they the Falcons had a lot of um, last-second wins, and I think this year's team never really had that problem. They had a few close losses at the end, but never really got lucky and had to pull out a bunch of last-minute wins to kind of inflate their win totals. So let's actually let's take a step back for a second as a as a Falcons fan because you know we don't we don't hear about Falcons fans all that much uh, at least in the circles I run in you know so you guys have had Matt Ryan for a number of years and you know you were a competitive playoff team you know you know very closely losing to San Francisco as you mentioned I think that was in a 2012 uh, you know but in the playoffs year after year with Mike Smith with uh, with Matt Ryan with that whole crowd and then all of a sudden you bottom out in 2013 it doesn't get much better in 2014. Smith gets fired. Last year, uh, Dan Quinn comes to town. You know, but again, they're coming off two bad seasons. They start 6-0. Feelings are sky high. You know, the season falls apart after that. Uh, you know, similar to the Vikings this year, actually. You end up 8-8 eight and eight, uh, out of the playoffs. So what were your feelings coming into this season? I think they're feelings of a lot of people that I'm uh, friends with and talk to about Falcons is they were optimistic that things were turning around, but there's no way that anybody expected them to do as well as they did this year. Everything just seemed to click at once. At what point did it feel like, at what point did you think like this was a team that went from, you know, having a chance to, to make the playoffs to a team that, wow, this team actually could do something very serious in the playoffs? I, I just think the way that they mowed through their last month, month and a half of the season, I mean, granted they played a bunch, some crap like the Rams and the Saints and things like that, but I was really surprised that they, um, well, I guess the first thing that worked out well was the Seahawks kind of crapping away the number two seed, which helped us out because that extra week of rest really helped a lot of guys get well again. So, but it wasn't until going into the playoffs, like, because even like, you know, you meant like you guys beat the Saints in week 17, but, you know, that was a pretty close game. You know, the Saints came back and ended up, you know, it was a, it was a six point spread. Um, so, like, I'm just wondering, like, what was the game when you thought, like, wow, I think this team actually has a chance to make a Super Bowl? I was hopeful of the Super Bowl, of them going far in the playoffs, but I don't think it was until, actually until I was at the Seattle game that I thought that this team was really, I won't call it a team of destiny, but I think it was it was in, at that point that I thought that they really had a chance to not only, you know, make the playoffs, but actually get a good chance of uh, winning it all. Yeah, okay, so that's, the reason I'm asking all these questions is because that's sort of, I thought, nationally how they are perceived also. This is a team that had just far and away, like, you know, like a, a borderline historic offense, but they really got no attention for it year-round. It's a team that, you know, went 11-5, and five, which isn't, you know, sort of a, a real gaudy record. And coming into the playoffs, I think most people sort of dismissed them relative to the Packers and the Cowboys and, and even the Seahawks, some of these sort of like, you know, bigger name, higher profile national franchises. And it wasn't until they, you know, and I obviously was wrong. I picked them to lose to Seattle, and I was very wrong there. Um, and then I picked them to lose again to the Packers, and it wasn't until they destroyed the Packers and they were literally in the Super Bowl that I, for the first time, thought, "Hey, this actually seems like a team that can make the Super Bowl." Well, the Falcons had a good—they had a good streak of whenever you'd pick against them, they'd always win. So yeah. that worked out really well. I mean, I, I think when they—they they lost to Tampa Bay the first game of the season, and everyone was kind of down a little bit. But then mid-season they pounded them, and then. Coming off their bye week, they pounded Arizona, which those were both surprising that they won so easily those two games. So I think that's where everything kind of got rolling. And then they, you know, towards the end, they went into Carolina on, on Christmas Eve and 
you know, beat them pretty bad too. So they were definitely peaking at the right time. Yeah, the Carolina win to me, I think, was probably the most impressive in terms of the regular season because, you know, they had, they, you know, you talked about they beat Arizona after the bye, but then the next week when I picked Atlanta, one of the rare times I did this year, they're, they're, at, they're at home, Kansas City's coming off, you know, an overtime game late, uh, you know, they had a short rest, uh, the game against the Broncos week before, and then, you know, you guys blew that one. And then the next couple weeks they destroyed the Rams and 49ers who stink, but then going into Carolina and beating them pretty badly, even though, you know, Carolina was obviously a shell of themselves, that was when I really started to pay attention a little bit. But so now you're coming into the Super Bowl. You're facing as big a, well, a, a, as hated a team nationally as there certainly is, but also as as close to a dynasty as there's been in football in you know in our in, for you know most of our lives, at least going back to the '90s. So, how's your feeling coming into this? You said you're more confident than '98, but is this? Do you feel like you're you should be favorites? Do you feel like you should be underdogs? What was your expectation? It's kind of interesting how the line fell where it did, but um, I think that well, the Falcons beat the Seahawks. They've already proven they can they can rise up and beat a team with a tradition of bending the rules. So I'm pretty confident <laughs> in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's interesting how the I'm, I haven't really done a lot of research on the Patriots. I'm not sure how many of those guys have been around for several Super Bowls besides Brady and Belichick. Yeah. All right, so Mike, let's bring you into this. You know, I've been sort of annoyed by a lot of this sort of faux humility is how I'm perceiving it. A lot of these Pats fans were like, oh, man, I'm really worried about these Falcons. Like, I was never worried about any of our other Super Bowl opponents. This is the first time. Like, like, please cut the bullshit. Like, Bill Simmons tried to claim that he is more threatened by this Falcons team than he was by the greatest show on turf, you know, the first Super Bowl of the Belichick era, uh, you know, against the Rams. That was a game in which the Patriots were 14-point underdogs and nobody in the world thought they had a chance in hell. And again, the Rams were seen as a historically great team. So please don't try and sell me the same line of bullshit and try and tell me that this is, you know, the most dangerous team that the Patriots have ever faced in a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a garbage cake. Um, but they're better than that Carolina team. I think they're better than that Eagle team. Uh, I don't think they're better than the Seattle team. Um, you're not going to get me trashing Atlanta on this. I, I've been kind of high on Atlanta all year. Uh, Matt Ryan's been my fantasy quarterback all year, so I'm one of the few Pats fans who is okay with the fact that Ryan will win the MVP on Saturday night, uh, just because you know I know what he did stat-wise and the fact that he really led this team. So I, I think the spread is right. I think three points is right. Atlanta, it's a, they're a scary team, and you may call this faux humility, but... I didn't really want to face Atlanta in the in the Super Bowl. Oh my, uh, you know my brother-in-law is a big Pats fan, and for weeks before the AFC Championship game, he was saying, "I don't want to see Pittsburgh. I don't want to see Pittsburgh." And I said, "I'll see Pittsburgh any day because Brady owns Pittsburgh." I think Roethlisberger and Tomlin's record against the Pats is like pretty pretty bad. I'm sorry, I don't have the stat for you right now. I'm not Joe House, but. I, I wasn't nervous about the Pittsburgh game. Uh, I honestly think that the Pats could lose this Super Bowl. Well, so let me, you know, it's easy retroactively after they blew them out to to say, oh, you know, I'm definitely more afraid of, of the Falcons and the Packers. But going into the NFC Championship game, who, who do you, you know, I assume you wanted to see a very closely fought 
uh, game where neither team looked that great and hopefully a bunch of guys got banged up. But, um, you know, who did you want to see win? Like, who were you more afraid of going into that game? I think Atlanta is a better team than Green Bay. And I think they okay. I mean, certainly that's true now, but it just yeah. it doesn't seem like a lot of people thought that before that game. Sure. So, and, and, you know, I'd be lying if I wasn't if I wasn't afraid of Rodgers a little bit. Like, you know, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is terrifying to go up against. Yeah. And I and by the way, I agree with you. I think Atlanta is, you know, they're definitely better than the two Giants teams you faced in Super Bowls and found yep. ways to lose to. They're definitely better than that Carolina team that you barely beat. You know, they're not as good as the Seattle team, obviously, that, you know, was defending champions. They're not as good as that Rams team. You know, I don't know if they were as good as that Philadelphia team just because, you know, the the, the problem with that Eagles team was the fact that T.O. was injured and we didn't know what he was going to do in the Super Bowl. Sure. But the, the Falcons, you know, their offense is, is probably better than that Philly offense was, but their defense is much, much worse. Which is why, you know, like the over-under on the Super Bowl was the highest in history. Everybody's expecting a shootout. Uh, another, another point, which I, which I mentioned to Akiva uh, on the podcast, you know, using the uh, Chester quarterback rankings, this is only the fourth time in NFL history that we have the top two quarterbacks in the regular season facing off in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, so, you know, Ryan and Brady. And, and I've said I thought Brady should win the MVP, but I'm okay with it either way. I was just annoyed when people were bringing Aaron Rodgers into the conversation for a half season of work. Yeah, so it is exciting in that respect. Do you think this is probably a stupid media storyline that doesn't actually affect the players? But Harry, do you think there's any truth to like Ryan winning the Super Bowl over Brady the night before somehow you know hurts the Falcons and helps the Patriots in terms of motivation or whatever? You mean winning the MVP? Yeah, excuse me, winning the MVP the night before. Yeah, um, I I would hope it doesn't. I mean, granted, I'm not the one to talk to you about like what could happen bad on the night before the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. But, uh, <laughs> But um, I I don't know. I think Brady's won so much, and you know, I guess we could ask his dad what he thinks if he thinks it'll bother everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let, let's get to some predictions here, uh, Mike. We'll start with you. What's your prediction for this game? I think it'll be back and forth. I think it'll be a good amount of scoring. I I, I listened to the Bill and Sal podcast from yesterday, and I kind of agree with the fact that you know I, I can see both teams coming out um, a little tight, though, and maybe not, like, tearing up the scoreboard in the first quarter. I think Deion Lewis is going to be important in this game. I think if Deion Lewis can make uh, a splash play or two, uh, I think Chris Hogan is really important in this game. I believe the Pats will win this game, uh, and I'll say uh, 31-27. 31-27. All right, so they just cover the spread as well. And, uh, Harry, what about you? Uh, I think I think a lot of the game will hinge on what happens when uh, New England's got the ball. If the Falcons can get pressure on Brady and, you know, get pressure up the middle, get to him, rush him a little bit, then they'll have a chance. If if Brady has time, he'll I think he'll pick the Falcons' secondary apart just because we're missing Trufant. Uh, Alford's got a crap load of pass interference penalties against him, so he'll pick on that. Um, but if they can get to him, I think Atlanta's got a chance. We also have a very young defense that have been getting better and better each week, so that's a good – I mean, both of our – two of our starting linebackers are both rookies. So um, I think when it comes down to it, I I kind of agree that it may start off a little sluggish, but I think in the end I'll say the Falcons will uh, – We'll pull it out, uh, maybe like twenty-eight, twenty-four. All right, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Falcons for sure. I wasn't really, I didn't know how I felt in terms of my rooting interests last week during the Packers Falcons game, just because 
and, and Harry, I'm sure you'll be offended by this, but I see the I see Atlanta sports fans and the Falcons as sort of, you know, like not really like a, a great historic franchise. And again, that might just be because we, we don't hear nationally about their fans. It might be they have a lot of diehard fans. But, you know, you always hear the jokes about how they can't sell out their games and their playoff games, the Braves and, and you know, and the Hawks and stuff like that. So, um, and then obviously I have residual bitterness towards uh, 1998 and the Gary Anderson game, or I guess you probably call it the Morton Anderson game. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Alex, that was just karma coming back from 91 where that jabroni pulled Ron Gano first base. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I have a I have a friend who uh, won't forgive me for that one either. Um, and by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say the same thing that I said. You know, when when A Rod slapped Jason Veritek, uh, you know, during the Yankees Red Sox, or, or like the, when you're on the field, your job is to try as hard as you can to win. It, it, you're not supposed to stop and call off the game and say, "Hey, guys, sorry, I stepped out of bounds." You know, here, give the other team the ball. You know, it's the ref's job or the umpire's job to make the call. Uh, so I don't think I don't think Herbeck did anything wrong. I think it was a bad call. I think Lonnie Smith should have been safe, but uh, you know uh, the the vitriol that was thrown at her, at Herbeck, you know, during games three, four, and five, I thought was unfair. I thought you should have put that on the umpires. Well, don't get him mixed up, Chester. Yeah. It was Gant off first base. Lonnie Smith's oh, the one yeah. that got Lonnie Smith's the one yeah, that got deked off a second base. <laughs> Which, by the way, yeah, that that Knoblock Agni play is one of the most underrated plays in history. Like nobody talked like because I think like middle infielders do that on every single play of every single baseball game, every ball to the outfield. And it literally has a zero for 100 million, like, success rate. And then in the World Series, somehow, yeah, I mean, whatever. You know, you talk about a team of destiny. I think uh, the 1991 Twins uh, uh, were an example of that. But, you know, we'll, we'll leave that argument aside for the time being. So, Who knew so, there'd be so I much 91 World Series? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say uh, I, I'm rooting for Atlanta. I'm rooting for a good Super Bowl, first and foremost. Uh, you know, nobody wants to see the Patriots win again. Uh uh, Mike, do, do you want to just send a message to Akiva in terms of his prediction that this will be the last game of Tom Brady's career in a New England Patriots uniform? Yeah, uh, it was a horrendous take then. Uh, it's a horrendous take now. I will really miss Tom Brady uh, in the beginning of the next season. I'm yeah, really I mean, sad when he's not a quarterback anymore. Yeah, there's been some hot takes on this podcast, but that one, it wasn't even hot. It was just so irrational that it was like off the thermostat. Yeah, I think Skip Bayless would have rolled his eyes. Yeah. Who who are you watching? Like, where are you guys watching the Super Bowl? Who are you watching it with? Um, I guess, Harry, we'll start with you because for you it's a more unique circumstance to, to be watching your team in the Super Bowl. My uh, my son's birthday is the day before and his wife's birthday is a couple days after, so we're having a, a big combined Super Bowl birthday party. But does that mean it's going to be, like, people distracted or, like, you know? No, there won't be any distractions. It's, it's uh, okay. maybe, like, eight or ten people. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because – I, I couldn't be in a big crowd, like, at a big party if, if the Vikings were in the Super Bowl. Uh, Mike, you know, for you, this happens, like, almost all the time. So I guess you're just going to, like, listen to the game on the radio as you're on the way to, like... <laughs> just another Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'd rather listen to Scott Zolak than watch the game. No. Uh, I will be watching with a bunch of my college friends. You know, thankfully, the Trump supporters of the group RCP know today, so we don't have to worry about that situation happening. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to staying hydrated, as my friend Tom would say. <laughs> uh, you're on a first-name basis now, I see. Um, all right, guys, so thank you so much for joining me in the podcast. Uh, Mike, uh, horrible, horrible luck on Sunday, obviously. Harry, uh, oh, actually, Mike, I'll say this. Uh, it's okay if like, Garrett Blunt gets some touchdowns because uh, I'm one behind it in, the, uh, in Akiva's touchdown pool, his touchdown playoff pool. I'm so two I behind it. I'm rooting for Devonta Freeman. Uh, okay. <laughs> And Harry, I also have uh, Matt Ryan. So, yeah, I need Matt Ryan and LeGarrette Blunt to combined have one more touchdown 
than Tom Brady and Julio Jones. Nice. So I hope we see a lot of Matt Ryan touchdowns, but not to Julio. He can spread the ball around, uh, give it to Sanu, give it to the running backs, give it to you know whoever else he wants. But uh, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Alex, the Falcons starting right guard, Chris Chester. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Could be a, dis- a semi-distant relative, maybe. <laughs> It'd probably be, it would have to be pretty distant, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely possible. I'll, I'll keep an eye open at the next uh, family reunion for him. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on the pod. Good luck, sure, man. it was fun. Yeah, right, good man. luck. Bye-bye. All right, so uh, Super Bowl pick, you are saying who's going to win? An, for, for an official pick, yeah, your official I'm pick, not pool pools. All right, my official official pick is the Patriots are going to win. What's unfortunately, going? I'll say they're going to win thirty-one to twenty. Do you realize you could say twenty-eight and it's still the under? <laughs> yeah, that's. Like that's I'll say thirty-one. To, I'll say thirty-one twenty-four. Mm. But I think that the Falcons' last score is going to be like a garbage time. I think the Patriots are going to be winning by like ten. Okay, thirty-four uh, twenty for Falcons. Wow, blowout yeah. for the Falcons. Yeah, well, not a blowout, but it's one of those like. Maybe we'll get well, like it's a. Trendy, it's trendy to pick the Falcons. Everybody's doing it all of a sudden. Listen, they look great. People always look to pick the team that like looked was more impressive in the, uh, the NFC Championship game or AFC Championship. Well, I mean, the Patriots destroyed Pittsburgh. Yeah, but ultimately we're like, oh, it's you know, the, maybe the, the difference is the Falcons destroyed a, a, a Green Bay in a game that was good, and the, nobody really thought the Steelers were good. Yeah. So, all right, all right, all right, Akiva. So Terry expecting a Falcons win, and uh, Mike expecting a Patriots win, obviously. Uh huh. Who was more confident, just in case I didn't listen to them? <laughs> for, for Mike, it doesn't really matter because if the Falcons win, he's a Falcons fan. So, Oh, that's true. Uh, we never congratulated Mike on Clemson winning that, the college championship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot to say that. All right, Akiva. So uh, three podcasts in three days. Well, probably in four days because I don't think I'll post this till till tomorrow. Yeah, and I did one on I, – I did I did five in four days if you include RHAP, Happy Hour, and uh, Seinfeld. All right. Uh, any, anything else we should say? What are we doing next week? Probably talk about the Super Bowl. Maybe maybe we'll, I don't know. We'll see how good the Super Bowl is before we decide how much time we're going to spend on it. All right. Uh, our listeners want to know if we have any other obscure TV show that we'll spend an hour discussing. Yeah. By the way, if you have ideas like last year, of course, we did Greatest Love American, 100 Greatest TV Shows, 100 Greatest Movies. If you have any ideas for things that can last us a few weeks at a time for like February, March, April, email in. June. Yeah. July. August. A lot of months we got to all right, yeah. Talk to you. Bye. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.